welcome back to Fourth Speaker. You're here with your hosts. I'm David Trung. And I'm Emma Tang. We're here today with you at a park called Robson Park in Haverfield. And it's Good Friday, so we're recording on a holiday. But it's been a while, so we figured we'd have to record this ASAP. It's also the end of term one, so Emma, congratulations to you. Congratulations to you and congratulations to all our listeners who are students and who've made it through term one. Amen. Yes. So we're here on a beautiful day and this week's episode is actually called Should I Heart Uni? Yes, that is a play on words and I'm sure some of you have seen that video. Yes, that TikTok video. Um, we'll put that in the, the description notes. Um, but we really we were inspired by that kind of video. Not necessarily kind of, we don't want to react to it. Um, but this is kind of just to kind of unpack the ideas behind what was said in those videos. And really, it's something that's been pervasive for a lot of students today. Yeah. Okay, so this week's, ep- this week's episode is pretty much going to be geared around the question of what is the best university to go to? Emma. Do you want to take this away for us? Yeah, so I think for me, there are lots of misconceptions about prestigious and not so prestigious universities. So I'd like to talk about the pros and the cons of going to like a big uni. So if you think the big four uni, like UNSW, UCID, Macquarie, UTS, those sorts of unis, versus say a smaller uni such as uh, ACU, UOW, even going to uni online, like Southern Cross Online or Bond University. Um, And I think as someone who went to a quote-unquote big uni, right, and I have a really love-hate relationship with my uni. I I participated in a lot of the extracurriculars. I was, you know, a a distinction student. Um, So I think definitely uh, one of the the driving kind of uh, factors for me to make my decision to go to UNSW to do my teaching degree was really based on prestige. Uh, I actually remember my mother asking me why I chose not to go to UC instead. And one of the big reasons was because at UNSW, uh, the degree length is shorter. So I guess when you're thinking about picking your university, although it is a good idea, uh, there are pros to going to the bigger unis. I think it also needs to be tempered by the, an understanding of what you want. Mm. So for me, I wanted to shorten my degree, but joke's on me because my degree ended up taking seven years. Right. Right. What about you, David? No, I think like with this question, I get a lot in school. Like just the other day, I had a student who's only in year, early year 11 now, right? And she was like to me, so is, is, there a, is there like a top university I can go to? Short answer for that is no, there isn't. Yeah. Right. And I think as high school kids, they even myself and you, right? Yeah. We, we automatically fall back in the days. Sydney Uni. Yeah. It's like the Harry Potter wizard world, right? Exactly. It's Hogwarts. With UNS, the massive towers. That's yeah. UNSW was almost like the Cambridge of yeah. New South Wales. Um, UTS was at the time up and coming. Yeah. But very much it's now, like, it's almost like a hub for international yeah. students, right? You you want to be seen at UTS. Yeah. That's debatable problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, hey, I used to make fun of UTS students, but now I look at the building, I'm like, it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, but no, short answer, there, there is none. And as high school students, even ourselves, we, we very much thought that there was a prestigious university to go to. Now, let's get this off the bat. We are not talking about Ivy League universities, okay? They are in a separate league of their <laughs> own. We are not going to say that Harvard, Cambridge, Oxford, Yale, um, UCLA, those universities are not special. They are in a league of their own, right? 
we are speaking specifically in relative to the universities in yeah. New South Wales and Australia because yeah. that is where the bulk of our students are going to be going. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely, as, as far as, you know, what you said before about misconceptions and, you know, how they can really um, affect the way students pick the courses even and the university degrees that they go, and sorry, the, the universities they go to, absolutely, I think, even with me, right? Like, I, I didn't go to one of the big four, which is, uh, what is it, UNSW, UC, Macquarie, and UTS. But very much, I, I'd probably be willing to say that I'm, I'm just as, if not a bit more capable than a lot of the peers who have graduated with me, right? Yeah. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, it's not for us, it's not just about teaching the course. No. We, we have clients. We work in a very particular manner with them. We don't get those results. We don't have clients. Yeah. True? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so let, let's start off with, you know, what you said before. So the pros and cons of Big Uni. Because you went to, well, I went to Western Sydney University, yeah. right? We'll get to that in a minute, <laughs> in a minute, because that's a bit hot. Yeah. Um, let's start off with you, because you went to one of the big four, UNSW, yes. yellow, black, almost I like the know. Commonwealth Bank I know. of universities. Yeah. Give me one or a few pros that you, you had and you felt like you had when you went there. Well, I think definitely when you go to a big university, there's going to be more funding. And like when, UNSW, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, at UNSW, right? Yeah. So, you know, when there's more funding, you have ideally better professors so for mm. example a lot of the professors that I had for linguistics and for education were people who actually shaped policy mm. or who shaped research in the areas that they were teaching mm. so they really were truly the expertise in their area right. I remember like literally pretty much all of the courses that I did when I got the textbook it would be my lecturer's name on it and these wow. textbooks would be used not just at UNSW, they'd be used at different universities as yeah. well. So I think definitely when you go to these bigger universities, because they have more money and because there's more prestige and probably there's more grant funding, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. It's just more attractive for people to work there, right? Right. Um, and it's easier for these uh, professors and whatnot to like extend their career if they mm. do work there. So I think definitely there's an incentive because yeah. the talent pool at these universities is incredible. Right. You know, I, I am in awe of some of the people that like UNSW can pull and work for them. Mm. So I think that's definitely one bonus that you really, like these people tr well and truly do know what they're talking about. Mm. So you would say like pretty much because they are very much for profit, right? Yeah. <laughs> that they have to operate in essentially as a business. Yeah, correct? absolutely. And do you think that that's something students in high school don't think about? Oh, 100%. I did not think about that at all yeah. when I was at, in high school. Yeah. And really, it only kind of hit me when I was maybe in my third year of my degree when I was like, yeah, this is, this is definitely a yeah. business. This is not an educational institution, right. a public education institution, mm -hmm. despite it like posturing itself that way. It's very much a for-profit business institution that works to, you know, make the overlords rich. Right, absolutely right. Yeah. And you you said before, like, that was able to hire great staff yeah. who are qualified, experienced, and pretty much they had the resources, yeah. you know, to to teach in a way that was far better than the smaller universities we're talking well, about. Well, that's right? just my experience. Yeah. That's what yeah, I like yeah. to think. Okay, so I can't speak on pros because I didn't go to, at the time, <laughs> a big uni. But um, what about what about a con, right? What was the disadvantage? Oh. I have so many. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please, please, UNSW, do not yeah, come after don't, us. Don't come after us, please. I, I can need give to you Emma's contact. Yeah. <laughs> go, go. Give us so a I, I think definitely one of the cons 
that I didn't quite realise, especially coming to uni from high school, was how, I guess, callous and uncaring these big institutions can be. Mm. Um, very much to them, you are just a number. And especially as like an, a domestic student who's paying hex, you're not like the money maker, so they don't necessarily care about you so much. See, that's that's another ball game. Yeah, that's, that's that's another conversation. That's another conversation. Yeah. Tune in like a year from now. But yeah, absolutely, it's it's incredibly. I would say lonely. I would say wow. it was really it was quite lonely until I managed to find my feet and find like a group of friends. Mm. Um, it was an incredibly lonely and isolating experience, mm. especially if you come from quite a like a small suburban high school mm. and you are all of a sudden thrust into like this this mecca of knowledge yeah right? where not a lot of people really care about you right yeah. and would you say that this this experience that you're talking about ties back to what you said in the previous episode of where you said it's crucial to join a club yeah and absolutely like societies yeah i actually okay. found my feet because no, i joined a club yeah, yeah. yeah that makes perfect sense now. yeah right right as i said like when i went to university even though i didn't join one of those societies or a club also the fact that even though i had left university like on the dot right yeah. it wasn't because i didn't like like university yeah. i didn't love it it's not that i didn't like the environment i did yeah it's just that i i had actually met a lot of people there whom i liked and you know we got along so well that i didn't need to join one of those clubs but yeah. now that you're saying you know this experience of yours as isolating now yeah. makes complete sense how you know societies and clubs at UNSW yeah. and the big unis right are yeah. so important yeah absolutely yeah so if you don't know what we're talking about go back and listen to episode one you're right yeah. okay well let's let's talk about smaller universities right so we identified a few as what did we say before ACU UOW Southern Cross Online and Bond University now Obviously, you can't speak on this, yeah. right? Um, I'll try my best. But with my university, I went to Western Sydney University. Now, I don't think I would consider them small. No, not at all. Especially lately. As no, of late, no, they've, they've really been pulling their weight. They lately. really have got a lot of campuses, right? Um, as far as UNS, no, sorry, Western Sydney University goes... You see, the, the thing I find... And I'm not, I'm not trying to plug Western Sydney University, right? <laughs> And although I am alumni, I will say this. The university was massive, right? Camp, like, physically, mm. it was massive. There's so many campuses spread all over, like, New South Wales. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But the classes themselves were by, by no means small as well. However, I feel like because Western Sydney University, and let's be honest, is still trying to, like, tear itself away from very much the uws mm. vibes now for those of you who don't know i think this was probably before 2000 and i'd say 10 yeah you'd say? yeah before 2010 there was very much a stigma about U yeah. university of western sydney um uws i think the acronym back in the days they threw around was you went yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, no, I, I remember I, I visited yeah. UWS one day for an open day and there were literally boys like squatting in the corner and smoking. Absolutely. And it was just a bit of a sh like yeah. it was just a bit of a crap hole. Really. Oh, look, I'll be yeah. honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if there was still a bit maybe here and there. But <laughs> however, as as we were saying before, I think because Western Sydney Uni is still trying to tear itself away from that kind of that image and that brand yeah. stain, right? I think they might have in doing so and trying to do so are very much overcompensating for that and i think they do that in a good way because the staff who taught me at university the tutors the lectures 
they were very, very approachable. Really? They were very talented. For example, like, as I said to you before, like um, my lecture, my unit coordinator for modernism um, was from the University of London. Oh wow! It was Ben Etherington. He was amazing at what he was doing, right? And he's still there now because you know Vivian yeah. Pham actually goes there now as well. Uh, but Vivian Pham, by the way, is one of the local <laughs> authors oh, here um, we, go. we we spoke to. She's the author of the Coconut Children. So plug that. Um, Read the book; it's amazing. Buy it. Um, but yes, no, we we shared you know lecturers and tutors and a lot of the texts that we were studying Ben had contacts to all of those authors right. and he was constantly weekly updating us on the things that they were saying right as in response to his lecture his slides that's, when he was presenting that's amazing right and not that was just modernism I had that throughout my degree like not every semester yeah. like I would say 75% of the units I did yeah had professionals from all over the world coming to Western Sydney University um, and so, like that's the that's the strange thing I find because whilst they were they're very much big now, yeah, they were still able to pull some of those, the greatest talents all over the world and have them teach at university, which I found, and I think that was in like a, a an awakening moment for me, right? right? I was like, hold on a minute, people are saying that Western City Uni is not good because of so and so, but yeah. here I am being taught by lecturers and professors from like the top universities around the world right. how like where is this coming from mm. and then like that that's where i start to see you know like very much what those are like what we said before right these ideas about what constitutes as a prestigious and not so prestigious yeah. university i don't think they're necessarily informed all the time, yeah no right? ab- absolutely not and i think i'm so glad you brought that up because it reminds me of when i went on my placements mm. right And often, you know, when you go on your placements to schools and you start teaching, you're often not just there with your own cohort. You're you're there with other with other schools as well. Yes. Um, And I remember being there with like other students who were not from, you know, these big, big, highbrow, prestigious universities like Mm. UNSW and UC. Because realistically, when you think of teachers, you only ever think of those four unis, right? You you mainly UCID. But I was there with uh, students from like ACU and Notre Dame and you know the level of support that they got from their tutors uh was just it was night and day compared to the amount of support that we were getting Mm. um which you know probably says something about the degree structure itself in Mm. australia and how people view teaching but Mm. again a topic for another time Mm. but yeah i remember uh in my final placement i had one zoom meeting uh with my you know whoever it was who was in charge of me mm-hmm. and i had maybe emailed him three times right and compared to um you know the the notre dame students i was with yeah. they had someone come in every second week and yeah. watch them and talk to them and the advice that they were getting was very much contrary to the advice that i was getting a lot of the advice that i was getting was mm. like you know this is how you can maybe increase your blah 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 right mm. and like that's fair enough and I think that was that was advice I needed to hear but the advice that the Notre Dame students were getting was like are you getting enough sleep Mm. you know are you eating properly how was your yeah how was your work life schedule I was like I wouldn't I I don't think I've ever heard that once when I was in my masters right (laughs) first semester after reading the unit guideline and the assessments literally my tutor got her now it was Anne she was a principal of like 30 years, right? Right. She was the tutor at the time. You know what she did? What did she do? She told us to all create a WhatsApp group chat, add her into it, 
and she would answer questions oh, for Oh, that us. is amazing. Yeah, that never would This was at postgrad level. That's crazy. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, look, I, given that I, I, I dropped out of the degree, <laughs> but that was totally unrelated. But I'm saying that like, with my university, which is now relatively big, we still had that going on, yeah. right? And I think, but that's a different story with yeah. Boston City University. But absolutely, I think that you're onto something when you say that, like, yeah. when it comes to big and small unis and like the the amount and the quality and the degree to which they're they're, they're willing to support. Them, yeah. Right? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to you know the question here that some of the students might be thinking. So some students really want to do prestigious degrees and that's at some, prestigious unis, at which prestigious is, yeah. unis, which is fine, yeah. right? But I've had a few students in school, especially in the last few weeks, because it's, you know, end of assessment yeah. season. Especially for our lovely Year 12 yeah. students. They get their assessment marks back, yeah. or they're about to submit it, and they're absolutely inundated with copious amounts of stress. Right? Yeah. And the question they always ask is, okay, I want to do this degree. It's really hard to get into, um, but I'm afraid I won't be able to get in. Should I still make it my first preference now as a disclaimer preferences for those of you who are not sure what it refers to at the end i would say probably in the third quarter yeah. of the hsc year students who are planning to go into university can i think now have about five university yeah. preferences and that just essentially means that after they get their atar they have the options to go into these five preferences should the universities also reciprocate the offer yeah. to them, yeah. right? So we've had students at our centre in the schools we work at yeah. and even people we meet yeah. who ask, this degree is probably going to be too hard. Should I still keep my first even four preferences yeah. as that specific degree? What have you heard from your... And well, that's that's actually a really good question. I'm so glad you brought it up. And just to just to clarify, um, for those of us who aren't familiar with the preference system as well, you only get admitted into one course, right? Mm. And so what will happen is that the universities, your preference list will go down until you get a yes. So it's oh. like if if your ATA is like 85, but the first three it's courses you get... It's almost like yeah. Tinder, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> left. Yeah, pretty much. So... You can have like five preferences that are wildly out of your out of your like league, right? Right, and, and that won't do anything, but it just will mean that you get no offers, mm, right? I'm sorry, I'm still going. I'm thinking about that whole idea. How can we can do something with that? <laughs> sorry, with the whole Tinder platform. Okay, for okay, university. all right. Let's let's, let's go back. Yes? Let's let's get back to it. Yeah. Um. So I think, I mean, I I don't really have personal experience with this because I always knew what I wanted to do. Mm. All of my preferences were around teaching and education. Right. And they were achievable. And they you. were achievable. Like right. yeah, like this is this is back way when when, you know, teaching was I think an eighty two ATAR mm. at UNSW and mm. like my ATAR was much better than that. And there was the you didn't need the the current requirements of yeah. the band five minimum yeah. in your subject that you want to teach. Yeah. 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 You didn't have that. Right. Um so I guess what I would say to these students is that the world is much bigger than prestigious universities. It's much bigger than, you know, prestigious degrees. And if you are worried that you're not going to get the ATAR that you want to, um, I would maybe consider other options. I think that even though 
like I can definitely tell you now, like even and I think you can also confirm this. Like in schools now, I think they are having those kinds of conversations with students mm. about managing their expectations. Um, however, I don't think it's it's stressed enough, right? Yeah. I think whilst it is really important to encourage a student to try their best to achieve a goal, yeah. I think at the same time we need to really be open with ourselves and understand our limitations, yeah. right? I would have loved to be a dentist. <laughs> I would have loved to be an anesthesiologist. Oh my god, you're me? so bad at maths, David. I, I'm so bad at math though. And not just bad at math, I don't think I have the grit to do what they do at university. I don't think I can have the mental bandwidth to do what they do in their assessment tasks, their practicums, or even like the people they're going to have to deal with in the professional university yeah. degree. Yeah. Right? On top of the fact, I don't think I'm smart enough. Yeah. That's probably debatable. But. Uh, no, not debatable. <laughs> Absolutely not debatable. Let's, back, let's go back to the <laughs> But. I think that was something was that was important for me. Yeah. Right. I'm sure for you as well. But I think you more or less more than me. Yeah. Right. Because you got a very high ATAR. Yeah. And you you like it's like I think you blew the ATAR requirement by off. Oh 15, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And so for that, did you ever experience any kind of difficulties with say the people around you? coming into the teaching degree giving you a time 100% mm. oh David right let me get on my soapbox right now and yeah. let me just scream for like 15 minutes about yeah, how, how crap it was <laughs> there's this very strange sentiment that is happening especially over the last 10 years where right. if you get a good ATAR yeah. and then you do some do a course that's like well below the ATAR requirement mm. you are somehow quote unquote and I'm doing air quotes right now yeah. wasting your ATAR yes. right as if though it's like cash that needs to be used right. in its entirety yeah. Yeah. right I yeah I, I faced quite a bit of criticism about about doing that I mm. faced criticism not only from my own family but also from my peers as well mm. who were saying you know why are you doing teaching yeah yeah, and they felt like even it, though you were very much capable to get into yeah. say, optometry or yeah. something like that, right? And I yeah. think it was I think it was ridiculous, like just the notion that because you are too smart, mm. you shouldn't be a teacher. Because then what are we going to have? We're going to have idiots right. like educating our future generation. And I don't think that's that's something anyone wants. Like we already have idiots. Yeah, right? <laughs> not all. I'm saying we already have a handful of yeah. idiots in the in the system. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it make more sense? It, it would make so much more sense. And right. so I copped so much flack right. from everyone around me right. for doing teaching. Mm. And, you know, even when I was in the middle of my degree, mm. you know, I was well and happy and, you know, doing well, yeah. getting awards. I was the president of the Education Society, mm. right? still copping flack then and so do you think that whatever you said about feeling fulfilled feeling happy and feeling as if you're actually going to do something that matters is something that's overlooked yeah by you know students who come to choose their preferences yeah I, especially when they're when they're gunning for a degree and a course that they know in their head that they are most likely most likely not going to get into yeah but they pick it anyways because they are probably still attached to this idea about what constitutes, like we said before, a prestigious and yeah. a not so prestigious degree. Yeah. Do you think that's the case? I yeah, absolutely. And like, 
Look, I, I, if I could go back in time, mm. I don't think I'd change a thing. Yeah. But I think, you know, we have to think critically about prestige and degrees. Mm. And we have to think critically, you know, what at the end, because at the end of the day, you're going to be doing this degree. You're going to be in that job, whatever the job is. Amen. Right. That's so you it. need to make sure that you're happy. Right. But you also need to temper that with how am I going to pay the bills? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that, you know, I definitely think that's something that's overlooked, right? I think kids, not all of them, there are very few out there who have really great support networks, yeah. friends, family, to kind of educate them yeah. on this stuff. But, you know, people like, especially even Asian Australians coming yes. up nowadays, kids from Asian Australian backgrounds. Yeah, first or second generation yeah. university students. Yeah, That's it. And, you know, whose parents... Um, might have particular ideas about what is going to be good for yeah. them. I think that's something that they don't have access to. No. I don't think they have access to these ideas, and hence why it's, we are, you know, doing this particular episode um, in response to that speaker, whose demographic I won't lay out right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. Like even with myself, right? Like I, look, I can't say if I were to go back, I'd change. Disclaimer: I wouldn't because. Yeah. I wouldn't be here today yeah. had I chosen to yeah. you know, communications or journalism, yeah. right? Um, but at the same time, like, I didn't get the ATAR required to say choose optometry yeah. or to choose like dentistry, yeah. right? Um, but that being said, like I was able to get an early offer even before HSC. Like it was like I think two weeks or one week before HSC, I got an early offer with Western Sydney. Right. That if I were to finish my HSC. I would get straight in given my current results of the HSC year. Okay. Do you know what I mean? But I think as well, even with kids out there who do get those kinds of offers from universities, be grateful for it. But at the same time, keep your mind, keep an open mind, especially coming towards the end of the, the HSC period. Yeah. There are definitely more offers that come out to you. Don't just take the first one that comes. Yeah. Really have a think about it because yeah. it's something that you're going to be doing, if not for the next 50 years, definitely for the next five yeah you know i mean and either of which you pick it's still a long time let's come back to the original question of emma what do you think let's say we know a student and we know a few yeah who are not cut out for what they want to do or what, what that, they th what they say they want to do mm, what do you think they should do in terms of preferences Look, I I know so many kids from my own school as well that mm. are like, you know, I want to get into law, I yep. want to get into dentistry, and I want to get into like X, Y, Z, yep. right? And I think, like, as much as I love the enthusiasm that they yeah. have, I think given their current marks and their current academic standing, mm. it's not going to happen for them immediately, Right, so in regards to preferences, I would definitely... You know, I yeah. think it might not ever happen, ever. Yeah, yeah, and you know what, that's okay. That's okay. You know, David wanted to be a dentist, and now he owns a tuition centre. My mum shut me down so quick. <laughs> she said, <laughs> I'll, and I'll, I'll translate this really quick, she said, <laughs> and let's translate that over. She said, David, don't do it. You don't have the capabilities. And you know what? <laughs> in the moment, it hurts so much. Yeah. You cut like a hot katana right through my heart, right? That, Just sliced you in half. Yes, but now in hindsight, right, in seven years hindsight, I think to myself, that was the best advice she's ever given me. <laughs> best advice. <laughs> I know people to this day who are, after 10 years, are still sitting for, I think it's UCAT now. Yeah. To do medicine. Yeah. After 10 
fails. Jeez. And let's be real. Every time you sit that test and you fail, not only does it hurt you emotionally. Yeah, it's expensive it's as well. It's expensive. Yeah. And whilst it is very admirable yeah. that these people have these kinds of this ambition, right? Yeah. And this 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 sense of drive to really yeah. achieve what they want. Yeah. I think at the same time, we need to be realistic. Yeah. I think the moment you tunnel vision yourself into setting and setting your sights on a particular goal. Yeah. And being stubborn about it. I think yeah. being stubborn about it, that's when you're set to fail. Yeah. Right? We're yeah. very young. I'm not gonna say we're professionals in this at all. As as we always say, check back in six months. Yeah. But with those particular kinds of habits, I think that's what people need to break. Yeah. And I think it's something that needs to be reinforced in high schools now. Yeah. And having that kind of conversation with students about, no, I don't think you can get to that degree. Don't invest yeah. too much time into yeah. it. Obviously, give it a go. Yeah. But don't invest yourself emotionally, financially, yeah. too much into it to the point where you feel like if you don't achieve it, you're going to break. Yeah. I feel like that's what. I think I think I do agree with you, David, mm. in the sense that like you really shouldn't invest all your time and all your efforts into one thing. Mm. But I definitely think it's a balancing game too, yeah, right? Yeah. You never want to like look back and say that like I regret not trying harder. That's true. Right? Absolutely. Because like for you, it was pretty dead set that you weren't going to be a dentist. Yes. Like, everyone around you yes. could see. Yes. You know, but I'm sure even if you had like, even if you were truly desiring to be a dentist there would have been a part of you right now that would have regretted yeah right so we're trying to say you know temper your ambition right make manage your expectations yeah but like david said like give it your all so i think definitely when it comes to ideas and i guess the decisions that you have to make around preferences Mm. keep your options open that's it you know you never want to there's not a one-size-fits-all yeah there's not a one-size-fits-all you know it's very it's very much individual on this and it's unique to everyone else yeah but yeah it's it's like you said that you need to obviously try hard yeah but the moment you get that inkling yeah and you know it no one else will know it yeah you know it as to whether or not you can truly get in or achieve that goal yeah the moment you feel like it's it's that voice in your head that says nah yeah. cut it yeah. cut it yeah. i'm doing i'm doing scissors <laughs> he's, um, he's snipping the air I'm right snipping now the air right now Alright, now let's wrap this up then because there is a bus coming. Emma, we're going to build on this. So did you, like we said before, you said you faced some criticisms um, toes and at the university that you yeah. went to, right? Because whilst you very much could have done, say, Optom at Sydney Uni, yeah. you went and did teaching at yeah. UNSW. Yeah. And I think, let's, let's make that clear here now, I think there definitely is a stigma out there that Sydney Uni is going to be better than UNSW, yeah. right? You said you faced some criticisms from your mum. Yeah. What about your extended family? What do they think? I mean, I think they were just flawed by the fact that I actually got an ATAR. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, I, was, I was not, like, I was I was a little bit of a black sheep. Mm. I mean, I'm still a black sheep now. What am yeah. I saying? Um, so I think my extended family were very flawed. But, like, I think the minute they found out my ATAR, they were like, oh, they, they, had, they adopted the exact same mindset. Mm. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that you know, I have a very traditional Asian family right. where the only acceptable career paths are lawyer, engineer, doctor. 90 plus ones, right? Yeah, 90 plus. Okay, now in the moment when you knew that that was their reaction, yeah. did you care? No, I, and I and I say this all the time, it was like fuel for the spite fire inside me. Right. I feel like, and see, this is the thing, I feel like if they had been nicer Mm -hmm. and if they had been more supportive i would have been more open to thinking about other career paths and like you know 
obviously when you're in the heat of a degree and you've got an assessment due in three days, you're like, why have I picked this degree? I should have done X. Right. right? And those feelings would fester. But I would immediately snuff them out because I wanted to spite my own family because they're like, no, you shouldn't do education, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, so I think definitely, you know, criticism is a weird thing and people mm. use it in really weird ways. Right. Yeah. How, how weird is it? Yeah. What about you, David? How, I mean, because you went to WSU and you just did a plain BA. Yeah. Like, that's like, wow. Yeah, so plain that's, BA leading me to a pathway to masters, right? That's ballsy. Yeah, that was ballsy. Look, when I, I didn't actually, my mum and dad still don't know my age heart to this day. Oh, yes, But really? I just told them, I got into my course, that's all you need to know. And I didn't want, and it wasn't the fact that I didn't want to tell them, right? Yeah. I know my mum and dad, Asian parents, mouths are so loose. Yeah. I was not going to give them that kind of package to hold. Yeah. Not because I didn't love them. I didn't trust them. Yeah. I didn't trust them to hold that package tight enough so that my aunties, uncles, and you know, extended, extended family, family would find yeah. out. I quite frankly believe I don't think no one needs to know my mom's. Yeah. Right. Um, or how I go in my life, as yeah. with anything else, should unless I'm the one to tell them myself. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that you know, even kids. I think they probably know that better than us, yeah. right? Um, but definitely. So my mum and dad didn't know my ATA, but they were they were quite happy with me getting into teaching. Yeah. Simply because I think it's my mum and dad. They didn't have a university education. Yeah. They, and it's like a safe a safe career. It right? is. Right? Yeah. They a lot love of people it. See that. And let's be honest. I, I will say it from the get go. They saw my future already for me before I did. Yeah. I said I was not going to open a tutoring center. Here I am. <laughs> Playing myself, right? And they Same knew. Here. They they loved that idea. They said, "Please, we want you to. It's such a good profession. Oh. You can teach kids from low SES communities, people who were like you." And I'm like, "Yeah, no." Yeah. And here we are. Um, here we are. 2021, babes. So they were quite happy with it. Um, but as far as crit like responses go from my extended family. Now, there's a lot of extended families, so I know some people hearing this, my extended family, might be like, well, who's this person? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not going to give them that satisfaction of saying who it was. Mm. Or who they were, so it was they, right? Mm. Plural. <laughs> so, um, I definitely, I copped a few criticisms from people, like, yeah. oh, you know, why are you only doing a BA? Are you lost? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. And see, this is the other thing as well, right? I had the option to do a BA and an MT, mm. right? And it, uh, like, it would have been a bit longer, but that degree structure would have given me more flexibility. Yeah. I would have been able to pick a, a wide variety yeah. of subjects. But I didn't because I knew people would, would say that to me. It's like, yeah. are you lost? 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, are you sure this is what you want to do? Yeah. And so I had the BA to kind of shield me I from see, that. I see. Like, you know, <laughs> even with me, like, it made, what made things worse was that when I was at university, like, orientation day, they said, don't choose... Um, I think it was sociology as a sub-major or major because you're not going to get any jobs with that. Is that what they said to you? That's what they said. Don't choose sociology because you most likely will not get a job with that. And in my head, I was like, wait a minute, I love sociology. Why can't I choose it? Sorry, there's a plane over there. Um, I said to myself, why can't I choose sociology? I am not choosing sociology. I majored in English, sociology, linguistics and education, right? Right. Um, But no, definitely like a lot of people, not even just my extended family, but I, you know, through the grapevines, I think there is this kind of weird matrix moment, right? Yeah. After high school, when you go from being the nerd in high school, yeah, and you're performing so well, yeah, there is 
like what we said before, that expectation to do, say, law yeah. or to do uh, international yeah. studies, yeah. to do um, maybe optom, right? Yeah. And then there was that expectation, the reality moment yeah. that I experienced from not my extended family, just, but even like people within my cohort where great minds would be saying, like, oh, well, why did they choose that degree, even though they were so good in this certain subject in yeah. high school? Quite frankly, in hindsight, to those people, I just think, none of your business. <laughs> That's, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, and I, it's yeah. a fact. I think it's none of their business. And reality why? like, three years on since graduating, sorry, four years on from yeah. graduating, I'm doing quite fine for myself. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna euphemize that. Yeah, I'm doing quite fine for myself. <laughs> All right, I think okay, for you, I think yeah. for you as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think had we went on to choose another degree, yeah, I don't think we would be better off in the long run. No, absolutely. Would you, not. Would you say so? No, I think mm. I think David and I are both very happy with where we are right now. Mm. And you know, despite all the sh that's been slung at us yeah. by extended family, by family, by ourselves, you right. know? Yeah. You know, when you look in the mirror in the morning and you're like, oh my God, what have I done with my life? Like, yeah. why, have, why have I chosen this career? 20, 20-something K. Yeah. Degree. Uh, exactly, right? <laughs> Talk about nuanced and intersectionality, I, yeah, oh, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think after everything that's happened, you know, I don't think either of us would change anything. Mm. And I think that's something that we want to, you know, pass on to our listeners as well, that only you can make these decisions Absolutely. and so block out the noise block out what people say about your you know degree block out what people say about the university you want to go to uh, block out what your family say because if you truly want to do something and it truly brings you joy and you truly think that you're gonna find satisfaction in that career go ahead and do it you know I would never would have thought that I would have started my own tuition center I never would have thought I would have this much oh, I hate sounding like this i sound like such a hashtag girl boss but like hashtag financial freedom that's it right like that's i never it. i never would have thought when i first picked it as like little baby bean emma yeah. that doing a ba and a b.ed of all things would have given me i think a path to financial freedom that i never would have envisioned for myself yeah i know lgbt oh my queen. god okay yeah here we go you rep us so yes good. yeah so absolutely just do what you love and it will work itself out if you're young if you're mm. talented if you've got energy and vivacity it will work out for you and if it doesn't work out for you you know what you do you go out and you make those opportunities for yourself like what we did you know? you know what, Emma? You're making me feel inspired to just run the mile right now in front of us. Just run to that train and come back. Oh my, no, you would complain about the grass getting on your shoes. Actually, Let's be real. I would. Well, what a lovely note to end this episode on. The weather is so beautiful right now. We're actually looking at the water, um, at the bay run. There's a dog behind us. There are some birds chirping. And it's, it is absolutely beautiful. So, um, that's it from us. Yep. Thank you for joining again, and we are so sorry that it's taken this long to get another episode out. We've been so, so flat out with all these assessment tasks yes. from schools and, you know, launching new things. Um, by the way, we are releasing a website soon. Yes, that's exciting. So please keep, you know, an eye on our social medias. I will update you all. Trust me on that. Um, but other than that, thank you again for joining. Thank you. As you'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye.